welcome to the podcast. Tell us what you really think. We're Sean and Anthony, basically just tell you what we really think. We cover all things property, finance and technology and we are brought to you by www.ratetracker.com.au. Anthony Alabakov, welcome back to Tell Us What You Really Think. Thank you, Sean Murphy. We're going to tell a few people what we really think today. Without a doubt. So, very interesting times, um, uh, times of uncertainty, as we're uh, going to echo the rest of the media. Yeah. Um, you're going to talk about the boom or gloom in our boom or gloom segment, which always kicks off the show, and then we're going to chat about three different topics. What are we talking about today? Yeah, three topics are rate rises and what's really happening with the banks. Mm-hmm. Also, fixed rates, a big, yep. big hot topic at the moment with clients and wanting to consider them and what's where, where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. And whether, then, it's, whether it's time to do so or too late, which we've spoken about. Yeah, and then last one, small business. We're going to talk about small business. We're going to yep. talk about um, uh, what, what we're seeing in uh, with our direct line of sight to some of the clients we're working with, what some of those small businesses are struggling with and um, some industries to watch as well. So which ones might need to... Um, well, hopefully we can just share a few tips on how they can prepare now for if things do get extremely tight or mm-hmm. even if they get tighter than they anticipated. So it'll be a good, good show and probably really, really timely for what's going on around the place. Yep, sounds good. Kicks off with boom or gloom. Where are we going? Yeah, with property? so CoreLogic just announced that there's been another decline in value for the second consecutive month, down mm-hmm. 0.6 um, and 0.2 over the June quarter. Mm-hmm. So Sydney and Melbourne seem to be leading the way with mm-hmm. with the declines. So Sydney dropped 1.6 and then 2.8. Mm-hmm. Melbourne 1.1, 1.8. And interestingly, there's some areas, there's some locations like Adelaide, say for instance, that are actually holding the they're holding themselves uh, pretty well mm-hmm. with property values. Yep. So um, and and there's it's it's like a, everything in the in the pot right now. So you've got um, you know, interest rates, you've got inflation, which is causing interest rates to rise, as well as, um, yeah, challenges in the in the lending market. I wouldn't say tighter lending conditions. We don't really see that. It's Not just yet, when no. rates go up, it affects people's borrowing capacity. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, it's continued going down and it seems like it's trajectory. This, uh, for the next few months, is downwards. Yeah. Um, look, you don't sort of need to look too far to... to to find um, statistics like that, they're, they're stretched from outlet to outlet. Some of them are, I don't know where they're getting the figures, but um, we, we seem to find CoreLogic is a pretty reliable source with some uh, some backed up resources and references to where they get their data. Um, they're obviously the nation's main, mm. um, main source of property data. When we look at breaking it down, right, these are national averages or state averages or city averages. Cities are big places. Yeah, the country's a big place, and, and and maybe maybe not in retrospect to the rest of the world, but when you break it down into individual markets, yes, there are still some markets that have been held, holding pretty resilient. Yeah, um, the regional centres. Yes, I think the regional centres have only just uh, just started to show small signs in certain places mm-hmm. of awakening. So the, the regional centres have held yeah. pretty strong. Do you reckon that's down to simply affordability? Yeah, affordability also, there's a big rush for everyone to go there. Yeah. Now that's slowed down. Yeah. It seems like a lot of businesses are calling people back into the office. Uh So that's going to cause people (laughs) that they're going to buy down Mornington or Geelong and then, you know, hardly commute now Mm. with all the commute they need to do. 
it's, I it's, wonder if this will encourage now that now that the government has a has a clear clear evidence to support mm-hmm. the fact that people will live in the regional centres and, and commute when they need to if they don't yeah. have to go to work five days a week. Um, Even if they are getting called back, whether that, whether or not they'll improve the infrastructure for access to the city from regional centres. Yeah. You know, we've got those those five five large regional centres around Melbourne. Mm. There's, there's very similar circumstances in Sydney. It's mm-hmm. too hard to drive into town. Yes. You're going to be an hour and a half. Um, someone crashes and then blocks the fucking <laughs> road for, for next thing you know, is 30 kilometre, uh, 30 kilometre long pa- uh, car park. Yeah. So definitely. we'll see how that, um, how that looks. But I know they've been talking about speed rails from the regional centres for about the last decade. So. Yeah, it'll take a bit of time. But yeah, that's it. But family homes as well, that seems to be holding up okay. Yeah. So we, we're still seeing clients um, transacting in the family home space. Mm-hmm. And still happy to not pay top dollar, but um, uh, a, a buying within the range or even slightly more, yeah. rather than thirty percent more. The advertised ranges are a lot more accurate as yes. well. Um, yeah. I had a client's preparing to go sort of ten percent over the range. Yes. And I said, "Oh, you might find you, you may not need that." That's mm-hmm. we haven't seen an enormous amount, but like you said, good quality properties in good locations. Mm. Definitely, um, yeah, definitely still pretty pretty fast to move. Yes. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that and come back to you in a couple of weeks with what's happening once the June data gets released. Um, what we'll do is uh, cover the rate rise. So it's now uh, been a few a few hours. Um, things are started, starting to trickle through the media. 0.5 increase, um, second 0.5 in a row. Um, where does that leave us? What are we looking like? Yeah, so actually I should have it in front of me, but I think it's cash rate's gone to 1.35. yeah. Yeah, so um, and it's you know, talking about August another point five. So they want to get it above two percent in that two to three percent band probably pretty quickly mm. um, to get inflation down to nip it in the butt. But yeah, it's it's interesting um, because the RBA make their announcement and what hasn't been talked about is what the banks have been doing. Mm. So majority of the banks been passing the initial point two five, the point five, and then the most recent point five. But we've got some non-banks that have actually increased it up to 0.3 higher than what the banks and RBA have announced. Mm. Um, some of these banks were quite competitive interest rates, but it seems like their cost of funds and, and every how they get their money, which is a bit different to a bank, um, has, has increased as well. So there's some challenges there but um, weren't documented. Mm. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens now with the banks yeah. and, and what they pass on. This is just replicating what happened in the post-GFC stage when the rates were firing, mm. um, firing after that debacle. Uh, I know it was the non-banks then that were yeah. increasing rates at a way faster rate than the majors. The majors would typically go somewhat in line with the RBA decisions mm. and then your non-banks would basically just, yeah, they'd, <laughs> they'd go yeah. on their own ride. They are. So we're, we're yeah. My Mortgage Freedom, obviously looking at that with their clients and and we're making sure that we're on top of that. But Mm. um, even more interestingly is what what all the banks are doing. So you would have thought if there was a 0.25, 0.5 and 0.5 increase, 1.25% increase on rates, Mm. the banks would have passed all that on. Well, they did, but they actually increased the discount on how they calculate the end interest rate. Mm. 
So yeah. this is con- this is confusing as fuck for people that aren't in yeah. the, in the yeah. space because <laughs> the the banks I wish they would be more like there are a lot of banks out there that just advertise their rate on their website. Carded this is, rate. This yeah, is this our rate, and we refer to it in the in the industry as a carded rate. Yeah. Jump on the website, you see a rate. That's what you get. Yes. Major banks have always done it with this pricing discount model. And so it's levers. Got, and it's, it's levers and it's yeah, this and it's is it over 70%, under 70%, yeah. over 80 or is it between 70 and 80? Uh, is the property in this postcode or that postcode? And is there yeah. – so there's all these different different metrics that yes. basically that basically dictate what discount you're going to get. <clears throat> Let's mm. say for round figures, the standard variable is 5%. Yes. Then the bank has increased the discount since the rate rises three, uh, three months ago. Yes. The banks have actually increased the discount – to nearly counteract, well, to counteract the entire first two rate yeah. rises. Yep. This one probably won't get mm. fully counteracted, but it yeah. showed how much fat the banks had. <laughs> There's in a lot of margins. margins. Yeah. So they, they were margins. able to just cut that overnight and just say, all right, yeah, we'll put the rates up by 0.5, but we'll increase the discount by 0.5 and we're back to square one. Yeah, and we're still making a lot of money. And they still make shitloads of money. Yeah. So, and there's an example we've got with, with a specific bank, definitely won't say their name, but... Um, before all these rate uh, increases, the variable rate was 2.2. Mm-hmm. So it went up 0.25 mm-hmm. and then 0.5. So the rate should have been 2.95. Right. And this is before the most recent 0.5. So we'll yep. put that to the side. So the rate should have been 2.95 after all the rate increases. Mm-hmm. But then they decided to increase their discount and the rate went down to 2.71. <laughs> so... yeah. So it's very hard for people to, uh, to, to, to monitor this. Mm. We only know because we do it every day. But a lot of people will be get caught out. So, um, and that's for new clients though. For, mm. for all the existing clients, they would have gone up by 0.25 and by 0.5. So we're only re- talking about the new clients then tomorrow going to them saying, hey, what rate can you do? Yeah. Well, everyone else just went to 2.95, but we're going to offer you 2.71. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's something you got to pay real attention to, and I mean, each individual customer's different entirely. Everyone's yeah. got very different circumstances, yeah. and these like these examples we talk now as a as a disclaimer aren't necessarily your particular set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, everyone should should sort of speak to a f- uh, professional to seek their own advice, but we need to just encourage people to make the inquiry. Yes, uh, there there are too many tricks. And I can assure you those those methods of the way that they do this are not to favour the customer. No. So, the, like, we're just basically pointing out these very uh, very difficult to see from the outside mm. um, methods that are used to determine pricing for the customers. It's basically setting it up for whoever's willing to pay it, they'll be happily, happy to take it off them. Yeah. And whoever's not willing to pay it, have their finger on the pulse, will continue to push their bank to give them a, a better price point. Yeah. Um, Wrapping up on uh, the interest rates, um, or sorry, the, the the variable interest rate move that we've had today. <clears throat> what is the general sentiment? We've had a huge inquiry, uh, level of inquiry for fixed rates. Yeah, um, yeah. Give us a give us a rundown of what has happened to fixed rates in the last six months. Yeah, so fixed uh, fixed rates were really cheap. Six months ago, they were down at you know one point eight percent, and probably one in every two of our clients Easy were taking one it up. Two, yeah. Yep. So 50% of our clients would take it up, you know, the rates with, with a one in front of it. Uh, who thought it was going to go up so quickly? But people were just uh, comfortable in, in using that, either fixing it all or f- fixing a portion of their mortgage. 
And then you kind of fast forward it six months up until now, you're lucky if a fixed rate has a four in front of it. Yeah. In most cases, it's got a five in front of it. Mm. So I think some one-year fixed rates are starting in the low fives. Yeah. I saw some three-year fixed rates starting with a six in front yeah. of it. So yeah. <coughs> it's moved so quickly. That's, uh, 20, that's 2010 shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy now. And, and who was to know? No one thought that six months ago with the Reserve Bank announcing that rates aren't going to go up to 2024... <laughs> a bit silly. It's a bit silly in retrospect. Who, yeah. who would have come out? The governor. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that, yeah, now rates are, are where they are now. So, unfortunately, a lot of people were caught out. A lot of people probably over leveraged at that time they were saying that. Yeah. And they're the ones that can initially probably be affected by these rate rises. Mm. Uh, but anyway, going back to fixed rates. So, they've gone up. It's got to the point now that banks have increased their fixed rate. So, they don't want people to fix. Yeah. So if you can still get variable, call it 3%. Mm-hmm. You know, until tomorrow, until, yeah. Yeah, uh, but then they're offering 6%. You're not going to find too many people and we couldn't say to someone, look, why don't you fix it 6% when you can get 3% now? Mm. You know, not that we can give that advice but we can show them the options. I don't think anyone's going to choose that. No, I mean it's a it's a gamble, isn't it? You're, you're basically placing your bet that rates are going to – shoot past six, it would have to make it to seven or eight of for you to get your cash back on that. In the f- two or three year period, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and no one wants to hand over their dollar dues to the bank for that period of time for absolutely no no reason at all. So it's it's one of those things. The other thing is obviously providing the flexibility of a, of a variable rate right now. You don't know, you know, especially if your family circumstances change, if, you've, if you do run into any financial hardship mm. or you run into any trouble, you want to be able to exit your position without the increased costs of, of, of break costs or anything like that in the yeah. event that there there was a, um, a, a change in the market conditions in the, in the uh, upcoming months. But I think it's one of those things now we're basically just going to have to all cop, cop the punches together and yeah. we're going to have to ride, ride it out because, um, like you said, it's, it's just you can't fathom paying 6% willingly. No when you know we don't know where they're going to get to yeah yeah definitely so it's all everyone seems to be sticking to variable everyone's going to be writing it out and and the banks um seem to have the pricing at a point where they're just probably forcing most people to consider variable and hopefully when their cost of funds get a bit better yeah they may uh get a bit more margin but um yeah interesting time so fixed is uh, a thing of the past unfortunately Mm. Yeah, uh, and lucky uh, or well, well done to the to the lucky guys who fixed between that period of July <laughs> and October twenty twenty one. Especially if you were um, if you were conservative enough at the time to go for a three year fixed rate at one point nine nine percent or yeah. something like that. You uh, your conservatism uh, has has certainly saved you a couple of bucks over uh, the next couple of years. No doubt, no doubt. So tell us a bit more about the um, self employed SME space, Sean. Well, this is probably one of the spaces we're exposed to a lot we deal with people yep. from all different industries we deal with people from hospitality retail construction mm-hmm. transport manufacturing um we even deal with a lot of um, um blue collar white collar everything right a lot of small businesses over the past couple of years i i worry that they were so busy making money and so busy going through the growth growth phase everyone has just been insanely busy that my concern is they probably haven't set themselves up in their own businesses to weather 
a storm if it was to come. Mm. So there's a couple of areas that I think a lot of businesses have ignored, and one being tax. We're starting to see it a lot. Yes. We're starting to see um, a lot of uh, increased tax bills, tax bills from 2020, yes. even 2021. And you let that go for that period of time and it doesn't take long for it to start to snowball. Mm. You've got tax coming out your ass, right? You've got your quarterly taxes, yep. you've got your annual tax, and every time you lodge your annual tax, your quarterly payments, then your quarterly instalments increase or adjust. Yeah. Um, if someone has made a shitload of money in 2020 or 2021, which a lot of our business clients have, um, their tax instalments are now going to be sky high. Yes. If their revenue has dropped or if their revenue drops in the coming yeah. year, they still have to adhere to those tax instalments from that previous year when they were making shit tons of money. Spot on. If they haven't built a buffer... Mm. Of, of cash, a kitty, a safety safety kitty in their business, that is going to put a lot of pressure on their cash flow in trying to keep up with those tax payments. No doubt. The outstanding tax already. Then you've got your tax instalments as well as last year's tax. Yes. That hasn't been paid. Then you've got to be seriously concerned about where your position is because the ATO has come out publicly and said, we aren't going to be so lenient on tax anymore. We have been, we've basically just let you go free reign for two years. Yeah. They've been we, a bank. We, they've been a bank with zero with percent interest rates for yeah. a long period of time. That's not going to be the case. Um, so uh, low cash low cash resources yeah. or low cash supplies, uh, increased tax, increased tax instalments, um, supplies, trying to get supplies, the price of supplies, the price of labour, the price of yeah. staff, all of that increasing. Downturn of sales. Downturn of sales is going to really... So I'm trying to think about any industries that are going to be particularly prone to it. There hasn't been any consistency. It's I've seen, I've, I've spoken to people who have um, been in trouble with the tax from many different industries, professional, yeah. construction, whatever it might be. So what do you think those people might be able to do to try and protect themselves in the years ahead? Mm. What do you do? Do you... Do you bunker down? Do you downsize? Do you do you start to go into risk management to, mm. to keep the doors open? Where start trimming, where? Start trimming the fat. Yeah, you, know, you ticked over financial year. See things you can you can trim up, and maybe some expenses you had that you probably don't need it ongoing. Um, I'm sure a lot of people over COVID had like social media marketing expenses that maybe it's not going to pay off for them now, and yeah. whether it be staffing, whether it be yeah. Like you said, downsizing, they're yeah. all things you put in the mix and um, the key is going to be, yeah, having a kitty mm. to, to protect yourself. And I think it's one of those things where you do need to throw your ego out the door. You mm. need to throw your ego out the door and say, all right, if these conditions are going to be changing for me, mm. I'd prefer to I'd prefer to go into, uh, go into what is it called, like an idle mode mm. and still turn over, still turn over your, turn over your money, service your clients, yeah. work, keep your business alive, keep it vibing, but... Maybe trimming those trimming mm. those um, those areas of fat that you talk about yeah. is not a bad thing. So it no is. long lunches on a Friday. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Anthony. Yeah, no long lunches on a Friday, mate. Yeah. Um, while I'm back here slaving away, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are the those are the sorts of things. So we just want small business owners to think about that. Would yeah. you have a kitty? To, to carry you through those times if they did get tough and if things did tighten up. Now, we're not saying it's going to be Armageddon. We're just saying that those are the things that need to be thought about. Yes. So don't ignore um, don't ignore the possibility of the future potentially bringing some hard times. Yeah. Um, we've had it very good for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And even getting on the front foot with uh, whether it be uh, acquiring new business or looking at new ways to go about things, mm. this is a great reset. For a yeah. lot of people and, and seeing what opportunities present. 
Yeah. So it's it's yeah, cash flow just need to be mindful and mindful of that. But then look at other ways you can circumvent that. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, mate, looking at uh, looking at closing out today's uh, today's chat, just looking at the interest rate environment. Obviously, it's important to know what's actually happen happening. Um, what do you what do you think clients should do to get on the yeah. front foot and at least try and put some pennies back in their pocket by yeah. speaking to their bank or their broker? Yeah. So we talked about rates and and uh, the fluidity of, fluidity of of it all right now. But a simple call to your bank or your broker to review the rate, you'd be really surprised. And we've got someone that works in this role full time. Our customer care manager Shelby that contacts all of our existing clients to review their loan. And yeah, simply, she does an incredible job. And it's simply, in, in most cases, just speaking to their current bank and getting their loan reviewed. So we say to clients out there, because we do it every day and we see it and it's so easy to save money by just having a chat with your existing bank, go out there and do it because hmm. it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I think it should be done at least once a year. Um, at a very, very, very bare minimum. Yes. Um, but obviously the, the, the show sponsor for this particular podcast, um, ratetracker.com.au, they do it every 30 days. So just checking your interest rate every 30 days against the benchmark. It's, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was divine timing for them to hit the market and come out with that product, um, what, nine months before rates started mm. shooting for the stars. Um, it's important and we're, we're lucky we do have pieces of technology out there that are available and free to use to, to basically watch over you for, um, for, the, for the future where it is yep. going to be choppy. Yep, for sure. You never overpay on your mortgage again. Exactly. That's a wrap, mate. Let's, uh, let's bring it back. Next time you are off to Singapore tomorrow. Yes, I'm off and then you're off. And then I'm off to tomorrow. Ireland. Yes, going to, going to to the promised land, the motherland. To, yeah, to the motherland. <laughs> just go and, uh, and and hang out with uh, with some family and uh, have a look around. Hopefully, we who knows we might crack twenty four degrees on a nice warm day there. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back. What we'll probably, be back start in, of in August. August. Yeah. yeah, enjoy your break, mate. We'll Wrap. speak to you. Bye.